Welcome. This is the Life Habits podcast series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 106, and the topic for today is checking in and working from home. You know, we're all going through a rather difficult time at the present time, dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. And that motivated me to record and publish a series of episodes that I hope will be helpful as you cope with this seemingly new normal world. On this particular episode, I'd like to address the challenge that many of you are experiencing of working at home. Future episodes will deal with other situations people are experiencing. You know, we should all be self-isolating and physical distancing in order to not to be infected by the virus, as well as not to inadvertently infect someone in case that you are actually infected yourself. And that led to most jurisdictions issuing work-from-home directives for non-essential workers. Of course, this doesn't mean that you're not essential. You're simply not essential to having you leave your home in order to do your work. So I've put together a list of 10 ideas, pieces of advice with regard to working from home that I hope will help you be able to deal with that situation and even optimize it as well for your own purpose. So number one is find a space to do your work. And ideally, try to find a space where you can be somewhat private, somewhere where you can close the door, somewhere where you might even want to put something underneath uh, the door to make it even quieter, especially if you tend to also be on video conference calls or phone calls, which I'll talk about in a little later. But you want to basically have a a separate space, no matter how small, to be able to do your, your work away from other distractions, maybe your partner who's also working from home. You may have children or others in the in the home as well. So if you have the capability of finding a separate uh, space, that really is rather ideal. Uh, number two is try to only work in that space. It's really not a good idea unless you can't avoid it at all, and that is to work in the same place that you also do other things in. Uh, like entertainment, uh, like getting together with the rest of the family, like eating meals, you know, like sleeping. So if you can separate where it is that you're doing your uh, your work for the business that you work for or the organization that you work for, ideally you try to make that separate from other aspects of your your life. As much as that, I know a lot of time is difficult and may not be possible. Where Where you can, though, try to only work in there. Number three is to... Balance work and non-work time and even indicate, you know, when you're working to, you know, members of your family or others that you're living with and perhaps use like a do not disturb sign or some other indication might even be just closing your door and that that's the indication of when you're working and ideally shouldn't be interrupted. But also to make sure that and you want to separate the time that you're actually working versus the time that you're not. And that's a whole lot more difficult when you're working from home. And I've been hearing a lot of people talking about that they don't realize when they've been working so long that there's not a natural break to drive home or commuter home and have to actually go to extra lengths to make sure that they're actually uh, dividing up their time and not 
working all the time. And one of the good practices for doing that is uh, to get up at the same time, go do your whole you know, morning routine, go into the space in your house that you're going to do the work from home and put in appropriate time there. Even to, if you use a, an electronic calendar, to even book yourself some breaks and even book lunch so that you take lunch appropriately and ideally leave the space that you're using for your work. And then also even to do a reminder at the end of the day, like an alarm to say, now's about the time that you should be stopping work. And also if you are using a sign like a do not disturb sign, you don't want to have that up all day because if you have kids if you have others in the in the home you don't want to be so separated from all of them all the time and they may well then also even interrupt you because they realize the door or the sign is always uh, closed or up so you want to make sure you balance time that you can spend as well with the others as well another idea that uh, one of the designers in one of my studios uh, brought up was the notion of having younger children and of course younger children are at home now too, because schools are closed. And what she found really helpful because she works with a global team is even though, you know, we're in the Eastern time zone of North America, she decided to declare that she was going to be working in Pacific time zone. And she was going to be able to spend time with her children in the morning and really spend appropriate time doing lessons with them, you know, playing with them and the like. And then when they were now given some assignments to do, uh, she can also, you know, start work and start work a few hours, you know, later and then work a little longer in the evening as well. The other idea that I've also heard is that since we're not commuting or driving in and back from work, to also effectively use that time, whether that is time that you're not going to be working directly, but you're going to be doing like learning a new skill, or you're going to work out more than you normally would. So that's a benefit really to realize that you've got that extra time in the day as well. So try not to uh, squander it, but really importantly, balance your work time with your non-work time as well. Number four is limit the length of your video conferences. And I just have some suggestions too for how to sort of optimize the use of video conference. And a lot of people now are spending much of their day, if they normally work in an office, they now are on video conferences of the various brands and realize that they are sitting in front of a computer most of the day. And my suggestion for if you do that is to put the computer or the camera essentially of your uh, computer that you're going to be using for video conferences at eye height, your eye, and to make sure that you can simulate best you can what the experience is if you were meeting with somebody, you know, face to face. And if you use especially a laptop on a desk and then you're using the camera on that often and you don't raise it up, you're actually, you know, looking up or people are looking up your nostrils, which is a very unusual sort of way to be seen, especially for the number of video conferences that we're running. So make sure that you set the computer to the appropriate height and bring it as close to your face as would be appropriate to show basically your the size of your head, similar to the others that are in the muting uh, as well. The other thing that I would suggest is to turn on your camera. A lot of people will say, oh, no, no, I don't want to turn on my camera. I didn't do my hair today or whatever. Especially when we're working from home like this and self-isolating, 
One of the really good ways to still stay in contact with others and be somewhat simulating the experience that you have in the office is actually to see other people and they see you. So I pretty well insist on all the calls that I'm on is to insist that people turn on their camera. And we also forgive people for the fact that things may not be as professional as they you might like them to be. You know, you might have, you know, cats walking across the, the, the camera. Uh, you might have kids coming in and asking for things. So that's fine, you know, and you might not be wearing the kind of clothes that you would normally wear. That's fine too. We all have to, you know, realize that we're working in a different kind of environment now with everybody working from home and everybody also having a lot more people in the house and animals that are particularly loving the fact that their their humans are around all the time. So they're they may well be more demanding of your time as well. The other thing that I wanted to reinforce is the use of the mute button that you should always have the mute button on when you're not speaking. That also makes sure that unintended sounds don't get shared and sometimes could be even embarrassingly. It's also the case that I just saw somebody else uh, write something that said that leaving the mute button off is the new reply all. We all know that reply all is kind of the foreboding practice in doing email. And leaving a mute button turned off is also similarly a really not a good practice. So try to use that mute button. Be aware of that you have it on though. So when you go to speak, you also unmute yourself as well. Also see if you can arrange your setup so that you have a, a wall behind you. It makes it much more predictable in terms of uh, what might be going on in the room that you may be in uh, with regard to others and the like. And the other one is just to not position yourself so that you have a window behind you because that generally will cause a silhouette and nobody will be able to see anything in your face. Just be a, a black blob and they won't be able to see your eyes or your nose or your mouth. And so you need light in front of your face in order to show up appropriately. And that generally is don't uh, actually have a, a window uh, behind you. And the other one and last one really for doing uh, video conferences is to arrange the windows and the pictures and the, uh, the other videos of your colleagues into a format that's appropriate given the kind of meeting that you're having. So the one that I like a lot is just a display that has everybody equally on the screen. So when somebody speaks, you can go find them uh, on the uh, screen as opposed to having the the current speaker showing and uh, only the current speaker showing because that's really not naturally how it works when you're in like a meeting room either, right? Everybody else is probably about the same size. And so it's kind of unusual to have an ar and artificial to have the speaker showing up in a larger display. Number five is to physically distance, but not socially. And I'm delighted to hear the way that the experts that are giving advice on this topic are now not saying socially distance and now are saying physically distance because that's really the concept that we want to get across. You don't want to be away from other people socially. So you can jump on a video conference call. You can talk to them on a phone, but you don't want to be actually getting together with them in person. And so when you do have to go out and if you're going, you know, grocery shopping and that sort of thing, you want to physically distance so that you're essentially two meters or about six feet away from uh, one another so that uh, they won't infect you and you won't possibly infect them because many of us don't know whether we actually are infectious. Also, when I say not to be socially distant, I also mean that we should be 
basically reaching out to other people. Now's the time to actually connect with some people that you haven't talked to in the past. You might also want to, if you're a manager, reach out to your staff. They may well be single, living in an apartment by themselves. They may feel, you know, really lonely and really concerned. And so reach out to others so that you can connect with them and you can, in my experience, get to know people a whole lot better than we normally do when we're in an office or a studio together. So, so reach out to people socially, but very importantly, physically distance. Number six is to stay physically active creatively. Now, you can't go to the gym anymore because they're all closed, but you can be creative and work out and get exercise. There's a lot of materials online for, you know, yoga online or various other uh, exercise classes that you can follow. If you have a treadmill in the house, we can use that on a regular basis. And if you don't have the appropriate equipment, you can still do creative things just to stay in shape at home. And like I say, there is a quick Google search will bring up an awful lot of material that is really instructive and really helpful in uh, staying active. So don't just take the excuse that, oh, the gym's closed, so I can't do anything now. No, you still need to, and it's important to stay physically active as well. Number seven is don't obsess about the news. You know, we're all interested in following what's happening with this overall pandemic. And there's a certain amount of information that we need to know, but You can learn that with all of like five minutes at the beginning of every day, finding out what happened in the news conferences, find out what, if anything changed in terms of the directives that are being given and the like. But after that, you don't need to be following this stuff so closely. In fact, I would suggest that if you really follow it closely, you're going to start to really get overly worried about what's going on. And you don't want to get so obsessive with following all this information that you're going to get yourself into a state. So I think in order to really stay on top of things from an overall emotional and and sort of mental health perspective, and we'll be doing a separate episode on that in the future, but it's a really good idea to distance yourself from too much news because the news often isn't good. And so you really, I think, should just be looking for the information you need to know, change your behavior appropriately, but then turn off the news. Certainly don't watch a, a continuous stream of, uh, of tweets or stories and the like as well. Number eight, there is one type of story I think we should be watching, and that is really to cherish the heartwarming stories that we're seeing as well. You know, in addition to all of the challenges that everybody's experiencing, it's also the case that there's all kinds of people that are now really expressing their humanity, that are stepping out and doing something for someone else. And really, it's quite incredible how much people are really getting together and banding together and looking out for each other more than they ever did before. And I think it's also the case that you should think about doing that yourself. I do that on a regular basis, sort of call out if anybody really wants to chat, I'm here to chat. And I do that with my uh, staff at the various studios. I also do it with, you know, friends and family as well. So make sure that you also concentrate on the positive because there's a lot of positive going on right now as well. Number nine is related to an item that I talked about earlier, which is really getting to know each other better. If you haven't connected with somebody in even a few years, let's say, call them up. 
you know, contact them. And you know where they are. <laughs> They're generally at home. And so a lot of people have more time to, and more interest too, I think, to really connect with people that you haven't connected with for a while. It might be a family member, it might be an old friend, maybe somebody from college contact them. And like I said earlier, even contact people that you're working with today, but not for the purposes of talking about your work context, but really just seeing if they're okay, seeing if they just want to chat. I think it's incredibly important to do that right around now. And number 10, my last item is really to take advantage of the fact that we can be so focused now, especially if you're not going to be, you know, brooding about the news and the like, if you're going to be looking at the occasional positive story, but you also now have, as we talked about earlier, more time that you're not commuting. And one of the things that you can do during that time, as well as the other time that you have, that uh, you're not off doing things that are more time consuming, and that is to actually hone your new skills, develop new skills, hone your, your existing skills. There's a lot of material online that you can take advantage of. And that when we, even during this overall experience, as I talked about in the episode that I did during the 2008-2009 economic challenge that the world went through, I had a podcast at that time talking about resilience. And one of the things that happens during difficult periods is that People that really focus on not being resilient as well as really focusing on what skills they might need in the future. So the world is changing. They still need your skills or maybe new skills that you're going to develop. Now's the time to make sure that you are the best person you can be and make sure that you choose some things that you might want to develop more in. And it may be the case that there are some skills that are let's say you have a lot of uh, skills that are in the physical world, there may be a need to hone your digital skills. I know a lot of teachers that I'm working with and faculty at universities are certainly getting more experience than they've ever had with using digital tools. But to even think about, let's say if you're in that field, how can I make education even more effective in this sort of digital remote world? The people that do that are going to be even more desirable as we go through this period and as we come out of this period as well. So lots of opportunity to learn new, some new things. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, work related. I think a lot of people, including myself, are getting in some new things like doing more baking, doing things that some people are getting into doing um, some more carpentry and the like. You can do all kinds of you know, new skills and take advantage of the fact that you are at home. So I hope those pieces of advice are helpful to you. And my thoughts truly are with you all as we make our way through this rather strange experience in this new world that we're living in temporarily. I'd like to encourage you to email me at lifehabits at gmail.com if you have any other topics, especially ones that are related to really coping with the pandemic that you might have and I could address in a future episode as well. So truly, I'd really ask you to take care, to be safe, and I'll talk to you all next time and bye for now.